show. Uh, this is I'll Show Myself Out, and I'm your host, Colin. Now, I want to say thank you to anyone listening to this right now, uh, because I am so thankful that you took the time out of your post-apocalyptic life um, to listen to me. Uh, so if you can hear my voice, if you clicked on that little uh, logo and thought, ah, oh, what the hell, uh, you could very well be the only person listening to my weird ass on your speakers right now uh, out of all the content that you could be sifting through the fact that you would take your the fact that you would give me a shot um, I think is just great uh, this one in a million show um, is this show just like any other podcast out there could you be spending your time doing something far more meaningful and productive Probably. But you decided to use that time to listen to this show, and I think that is fucking incredible. I mean, this show is so new, I haven't even gotten a single spam email to the show's account, which, you know, at this day and age is slightly depressing, because, I mean, technically that means the algorithm couldn't give a shit less about advertising to me. Uh, and, I mean, scammers aren't even sending me their bullshit. I mean, what I wouldn't give for a Nigerian prince to hit me up for an investment right now. I am ripe for the taking. I mean, not even a single dick pic email. But it does feel fresh as fuck, though. Like, that feeling of internet loneliness that I haven't felt since AOL CDs filled the mailbox. Um, so that being said, thank you for joining me. Seriously. Um, but this is something I've wanted to do for a long time now. Well, it feels like a long time. I think 2020 distorted the flow of the space-time th stuff. Um, so it feels like I've been sitting on this for a long time. But, you know, this isn't even really how I originally wanted to use my voice. I, I really just wanted to dabble in stand-up comedy. Uh, and it was, it was actually going pretty good until 2020 hit with all its fury. I even thought it might let up after a while. Silly me, right? Um, but now all the bars in town are open, but uh, there's no open mic nights anymore. Um, uh, apparently people just want to go to bars and, like, drink. And that's all. Like, who knew? Um, but, you know, it's I live in a pretty small town, and it's about an hour's drive to the nearest place you could actually call a city. Uh, so I probably, uh, I could maybe find some events that, uh, you know, at, at some bars, but nothing like regular in my general vicinity. Uh, but I loved 
doing the open mic nights because, um, you know, nobody at an open mic night is expecting a stand-up set. Like, 90% of the people performing at your local open mic nights are your typical douchebag with an acoustic guitar with or without the fedora. Okay, so by the time the audience has gotten tired of the fourth or fifth bearded guy with a guitar, a sad song, and a taste for IPAs, uh, they're happy to see someone step up to to tell jokes, uh, or they've maybe been tuning that music out for a while, and and then I come in with an awkward silence and just grab their attention. Um, it's it's kind of hard to bomb when people, for one, got in free, uh, but also aren't expecting a dick or shit joke. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Though, so they'll they'll put up with the mediocre. So even if it wasn't a great set, people would still buy me beers. So, I mean, that was kind of nice because I would go there, I would buy one beer kind of to, you know, kind of warm up. Um, and then, you know, I would probably, I might finish that before I get on stage. Um, but, uh, if I, once I got done, I would go back to the bar, sit down and finish my beer and watch a little bit. Cause I just didn't want to be like that douchebag that just like, you know, gets up, does this thing. I don't, I don't you know, I, I overthink things, uh, a good bit, but, um, uh, so the problem became is just that people would come up and they would buy me beers, um, like multiple people. They would just come up and be like, oh, that was great. And and then they would tell the bartender, his next one's on me. And I'm not going to be that douche that turns down a beer that you want to buy. If you want to buy me beer, I'm going to drink that beer, even if it's Budweiser. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but I will drink it, you know. But, like, I gotta drive, motherfuckers. I don't need four more beers. It's the only time I can ever think of when somebody said, what do you want? And I said, the smallest beer you can, the smallest beer glass you can give me. I, I cannot stress that. A shot glass would be fine. But I can't turn down a beer, even if it's Budweiser, as we said. Or an IPA. Um, and I feel like that's something I need to go ahead and get out of the way uh, because it seems to be a very uh, a divisive opinion that I've got on IPAs, but I believe that they are the most overrated beer of all time. Um, I don't know why everyone goes so nuts over that, but I mean, we when I express even the slightest displeasure of IPAs, there's a lot of blowback from that. Like, I, I people get a little bit worked up. I was um, I was in a bar one night. Um, having my beer and it was a it was a Guinness blonde apparently Guinness makes um a lager I had never tried it before so I just figured what the hell and so that's what I was drinking I'll drink just about anything really I mean it's not that I have a problem with IPAs it's just they all taste the same and we'll get to that in a minute but this guy near a little farther down the bar was talking about all of the micro-brews and IPAs and stuff, and I said, ah, I hate IPAs. And, I mean, he blew up. Uh, it, things escalated very quickly. Uh, and I was immediately accused of drinking some cheap, shitty American beer. He's like, oh, you, we got there like a Budweiser. And first off, fuck Budweiser. Fuck Bud, Bud Light, Bud Lime, Bud Orange, and any other form of Bud fuckery. But for some reason, this guy just decided that I, with my lighter-colored beer, was somehow beneath he and his shitty, hoppy bullshit beer. 
so here's how I back up this controversial opinion. Um, I used to be a, a cook for many years, uh, and not just fast food. I have I have done that too much of it. Uh, but for a time, I was interested in a career in the culinary arts. And one of the most important things that I learned was how to properly use salt. Now, up until that point in my culinary career, I had only used salt in copious amounts uh, to turn fries into delicious and deadly weapons in the fast food industry's ongoing war against low blood pressure and the evils of health food. Uh, but in the actual culinary world, salt is used frequently, but in much smaller amounts. And this is because salt, in the right amounts, is great for bringing out flavors in food that maybe would have gone unnoticed. Um, but anytime a dish seems a little bland, just throw a little bit of salt and it's just going to make it a little bit better. Even if it tastes like shit, it's still kind of salty shit, so it's still, like, your your brain still kind of likes it on some level, uh, and maybe you'll, you know, the accomplishment will make it taste a little better. I don't know, but salt, small amounts of salt can help bring out flavors in food that may have gone missed. But large amounts of salt make your food taste exactly like that, like salt. You, it's just a salty dish. Anybody can make a salty dish. I can cook fucking anything and put salt on it, and we've got something that's going to be, you know, you're going to want to eat that. You just deep fat fry fucking anything, cover it in salt. You've got yourself a meal. It's just not that creative. And that's how I see IPAs. Now, I'm sure at this point you're saying, Colin, where the fuck are you going with this? I'm getting to it. So, when you make beer, you use hops. And hops for the most part, are not really what you're normally going to use to flavor your beer. You're going to use other things to flavor your beer. Hops generally pretty much taste the same. Like they add the same flavor profile to said beer. It's just how much you use of it. And that's the thing with IPAs. IPAs, India Pale Ales, they're called that because along time ago when, you know, back when Britain was still writing the book on imperialism and world domination, uh, they had to find a way to ship beer to India because, you know, important shit when you're ruling the world. Uh, but to get there without going bad, they had to hop the beer up like crazy. Uh, so essentially they just made a really hoppy beer. So just as salt does to food, too much and it tastes like salt, not a bad taste, but just not original. Uh, salty is an easy flavor to achieve, and so is hoppy. And to see that IPA dude just defending the way that IPAs have just absolutely consumed the shelves, it feels like they're trying to bird box me into drinking it. Um, I just, I don't want to drink your salty beer. But I have noticed that that viewpoint seems to ruffle some feathers. Uh, so, for that, uh, I would say go to our Facebook page um, and uh, and tell me what you think. Because uh, I, uh, I, I, I definitely want to know. I probably won't reply, uh, but then again, I might. Uh, but I like seeing how people react to trivial yet divisive opinions. Um, and some other uh, opinions that I'm sure we'll go over in the future on this show. I wanna, There's a lot I want to get to. Uh, and um, just... I don't know, it just feels like I don't have enough time to get there. But, um, you know, some of the things we may visit in the future, uh, let's see, Jack Daniels is the most overrated whiskey in the pantheon of whiskeys. Uh, that stuff that's in the $5 uh, a gallon bottle is easier to choke down than that overpriced pancake syrup they call whiskey. 
Uh, let's see. Next, most of the OG Disney animated movies are trash, and your childhood was a lie. Um, ooh, here's a good one. Vegas is the shittiest place in the world, and anyone who tells you otherwise is lying to you and has an STD. Um, let's see. The show Friends was probably never good back then or now. And let's go for one more. Let's go big. Uh, Chick-fil-A is trash, and you fucking know it. Oh, man, that one felt good. Um, especially for someone from the South, as I am. That one, that one felt really good. Hmm. And, uh, you know, those are just my usual, you know, bullshit complaints. Um, if all of that was too much for you, then please either turn this off, uh, because that's just a small taste of, of, of the kind of thing that we'll get into here, or, or tell me about it, and I'll probably just laugh at you. Um, and there are definitely a lot more serious topics that I want to wade through on this. Um, I'd like to move toward talking about more current events, but... Uh, since the constant cascade of horrible shit news hasn't let up in the last two years, there's a lot to get through. Uh, it just, it feels like as soon as I think I know what I would talk about on said podcast, there's another example of humans being shitty in the headlines. Um, and, I mean, heck, when I came up with this show, uh, Critical Race Theory wasn't a household name. And that wasn't that long ago. Uh, the Chauvin verdict wasn't a thing for bootlickers to cry over. Um, it's all just moved so fast. It's it's hard to keep up, and it's and it's hard to digest it all at at a pace that it's been at. But I've increasingly felt called to say my piece on a lot of things, and I'm really tired of doing it on Facebook, um, mostly because I, I just hate typing on my phone. Uh, and, and one super long comment is usually followed by a super long reply. And depending on how many capital letters are in said reply, it's probably going to get uh, another even longer reply required of it. Uh, it's it just oh, I can't do it anymore. It's just kind of daunting uh, to see the comments on a post when it gets to the point that you know you're going to have to weigh in on a subject that is going to require a shit ton of typing. <sighs> I'm just tired of doing it that way while having to mince my words so that I don't piss off certain people that I'd really love to piss off but can't because of outside factors. Uh, you know, having my wife ha uh, to, uh, talk me out of saying something because I know that certain people in her family need to be told to go fuck themselves... Uh, but we just don't want to start something, you know. I it, it especially sucks when having to deal with a racist, overbearing, narcissistic in-law who knows who they are, but would probably think I'm referring to a different narcissistic in-law because they're just that much of a narcissistic asshole. Uh, that's a subject for another day, but if you know me and, and my wife, uh, well, you may know who I'm referring to, and that's actually a pretty sick burn. I just did there. Uh, lots of layers to it there. Um, but um, I wanted a different format, something more meaningful uh, to say my piece than just some Facebook comments. Um, and I have been told on multiple occasions that I have the voice of a radio personality. Um, and with that and a little equipment and add to that a fucking plague outside, here we are with a podcast. So in a lot of ways, I've spent a lot of time biting my tongue. 
um, you know, making sure that, that I say the right thing around the right people. And just so nobody's head pops. Um, I've had to hide some of my stronger feelings and opinion from many people in my day-to-day life, uh, bosses, family members, people who are only family because they have to be volatile, Facebook friends, you name it. Um, you know, I don't have to hide it. Uh, of course I could say whatever I want, but uh, all the typing, it's just so much typing. So... You know, I've, I've had to hide not because I harbor, you know, racist or sexist views, quite the opposite. I hide my thoughts because the general population I have to be around seems to have a real problem with simple things like I don't go to church. I think gay people should be able to get married and systemic racism is real and it exists all around us. Um, I don't find any of those statements to be controversial or radical. I just call it like I see it, and I've found a pretty good mask to hide behind, really, so that everyone else is happy and comfortable, even when I know they could use some uncomfortable lessons. Uh, Just a little context on myself. I am a Southerner. I was born and raised entirely in the South. Um, I don't feel like I identify as Southern. In fact, A staggering number of people that I meet think I'm from the Midwest with this voice that I have. Uh, As you can tell, I never picked up the accent. Um, If you don't live in the South, then you can probably hear my Southern twang. Uh, But if you do live in the South, you probably, you you may not hear it. Uh, But I never picked up the accent, maybe because my dad is from Minnesota. Maybe I just never wanted it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just feel like I communicate better with this voice. And I, I, I like this voice. I've been, I've been complimented on it many times, but I'm getting off, the tra- off track here. So because of that and many other factors, like my raging liberalness, I've always felt like an outsider in the South. Um, but I feel like I have lived here long enough to really freely bitch about how annoying it is. Um, If you haven't lived in the South very long, like if you just retired here, like if you just came down here from Rhode Island, uh, you're just gonna have to put up with it. You haven't lived here long enough to really bitch about the intricacies of it. Um, You know, um, you merely adopted the South. I was born in it, murdered by it. Why, I didn't even have my first unsweet tea till I was already a man. By then, all it was was disgusting. (laughs) But I do, I do believe that I and and many others that I know stand as a testament that not all uh, the Southern stereotypes come true. Um, There's one in particular that, uh, that all Southerners are racist assholes. And I can guarantee you three things about that. Um, here in the South. Uh, One, we are not all racist assholes. Number two, there are a disturbing number of racist assholes sprinkled throughout, uh, some in appallingly high positions of government. And three, the people from group two either have a serious problem admitting it, or they keep it hidden until they get around the right company. As I said, I call it like I see it, and I have definitely seen it. Um, so a few years ago, uh, I started selling insurance for a local pyramid scheme, I mean, um, agency, 
um, and mostly selling life insurance and some other stuff, but, uh, but all in-home sales. So that means that if I set an appointment, I went to their house. Uh, you know that meth head in Marion? Been to his house. You know some rich asshole in Asheville? Been to his house. An old fart in old fort? Of course, of course. Like, have you ever been watching Seinfeld and wondered why you've never seen the inside of Kramer's apartment? It's because you don't want to see it. And I've been in almost every Kramer's apartment in western North Carolina. At least it feels like it. Um, I do not miss that job one bit. Uh, there might be one or two people listening to this that would be a little disheartened to hear that. And to them I say, sorry, not sorry. Uh, but the point is, anyone who tries to claim that racism is dead in the South needs to spend a couple years going into the homes of the general Southern public. I did, and the South? Definitely still pretty racist out there. I uh, hate to break it to you, but... I've seen enough of it to know that we aren't out from under the racist cloud hanging over us. Uh, Now, I should clarify, I don't mean that I witnessed rampant, unfettered racism in every house that I went to. Uh, You know, most people I met were probably not racist scum. You know, most of the people I met were not racist at all. I'm sure some of them were scum. Some of them were probably more covert about it, but... Some were more outward with it, um, and some were what I call the racist butts. Um, they're the ones who don't identify as racist, but usually end up saying the words, I'm not racist, but, and then that's usually followed by some really racist shit. Um, like, I'm not racist, but the schools didn't start going downhill till they desegregated them. I've heard those words verbatim from a handful of different people, and if it never uh, gets easier to have to sit through. It never, uh, there, there's, there's no way to get that moment to go away once it enters. It just, uh, you, can, you can feel it. And the problem is that they don't feel it. They don't feel like they've created a problem, but they have just brought this like, like, it's hard to describe. And I've also heard the statement from an old white dude, I'm not racist, but when we, when we came to Africa, we found those people naked and running around the jungle like savages, and we brought them here and gave them jobs, and look how they repaid us. I seriously wish I could unhear uh, those words, uh, but I can't. Um, I can only repeat them here so that you can know that these people are out there um, in all different forms. Now, imagine that you're sitting with somebody that starts spewing that shit out of their mouths, and then imagine how you would react. Now, put that aside, and imagine that you have to sell them something that you can that can help them, and it can help their family, and your main goal is making the sale because that's your job. I hold an insurance license. I can't just refuse them a policy. I just had to pretend that I didn't feel any certain way about it and hopefully steer the conversation back to normal. And I've had to do that with even the most outlandish shit. Like, like, wow, ma'am, I never thought about that. 
that that Obama could be a space alien. And, you know, I I think you have some interesting points about how Hillary has mind control powers. Uh, Now, could you sign here on the dotted line? Um, So, yeah, I've I've, I've seen it all. Um, And like I said, it wasn't like every house I went into was some new vignette of racism. Uh, Most homes I went into uh, were just your, you know, regular weirdos. Uh, Think about it this way. So I worked throughout multiple counties in Western North Carolina, and the people were not all racist douchebags. But in every county I worked in each week, I would always find at least one cringy motherfucker. Uh, I could almost bet money each week that I was going to hear at least one racist fucking statement from someone uh, that I sat through an appointment with. Um, And it wasn't always just your typical southern white cracker-ass racism either. Uh, Sometimes I would find myself in some of those real creepy racist situations. Um, There was one instance where I did an appointment with an old couple uh, in their apartment. And now when I say old, I mean old. Okay, like old as fuck. Oh, and speaking of old as fuck, uh, I think it's it's a really good time to bring you a word from our sponsors. Uh, Our sponsors this week, uh, Cecil's Senile Senior Home. Do you have old people in your life who are just driving you up the fucking wall? Why don't you stick them in a home? A senior home. A senior home for senile seniors. And we're back. Um, So you've probably noticed it started raining now. Um, So that's just something I'm just going to have to deal with here. Uh, So anyway, back to what we were saying. I'm sitting with a a couple that um, I would say probably remembers the Roosevelt administration. Um, uh, Possibly uh, possibly the other one, too, uh, if you get that one. And uh, this is... um, And this is at the point of most... They're at the the age where most life insurance is kind of off the table uh, because, you know, the 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 oldness thing um but i had to i had to do my due diligence uh and try to tell try to sell them something different uh that could uh, still help them out uh, but everything uh everything was going fine at this point um i was kind of just sort of ready to get out of there and move on to some other people but everything was fine you know just just your regular curmudgeon old dude and his wife that doesn't say much unless she starts telling a story that has no value in the conversation uh and and really seemingly no end to the story uh but luckily the agent that i brought in with me got the attention of the wife and uh while i kind of took a crack at the husband um now i've gotten very good at this point um at, at thawing out tough clients uh, sometimes I'm a little too good at it, but maybe this was one of those times, but he got comfortable talking with me. Um, he got into talking about politics at first, just the typical, they need to leave Trump alone, people are too sensitive, build the wall, that type of stuff. Um, but then he got real comfortable and the conversation became, you know, began to take a, a hard-ass right turn uh, when he got into talking about the Jews. Um, and, and then I guess, I guess he felt so comfortable talking with me, a random fucking stranger trying to sell him something that he decided to voice his displeasure in the current political climate by saying, and I quote, I don't get it. You can't say you dirty Jew anymore. 
like, when did you come across that revelation, man? Like, I'm pretty sure I've never heard those words said before outside of a Holocaust movie. Um, so, so when are you, like, I've never heard those words in real life come out of a, a human being's mouth. Um, so like, when are you referring to, uh, when you realized that was socially unacceptable? Um, I would say he missed the memo, but, uh, you know, memos might've been a new thing, um, when people stopped saying that, um... I don't know. Uh, did did someone forget to send him a message on his on his telegraph and forming, you know, of of the, the the like did the carrier pigeon get lost en route? Uh, did did someone's uh, did someone's horseless carriage break on the break down on the way to deliver the message? Like at, at this point, um, I just wanted to leave. Uh, so I gave him the old, you know, neutral salesperson, like, oh, yeah, yeah the times are yeah, definitely different. Um, and then he, uh, he he chuckled a little and, and I guess, decided to diffuse this awkward conversation by dumping a truckload of awkwardness on it uh, because he uh, tried to pass it off just saying, ah, what can I say? I'm an old kraut. Um, and I, I began looking around his apartment and I... I swear to you, like, the lighting in there just got a little more, a little darker, uh, and just more ominous, um, as I saw lined all around their kitchen, uh, their, their collection of old German beer steins, and around their place, all kinds of old German memorabilia and stuff. I mean, I, I, I saw everything, uh, uh, everything short of a, of a swastika, but I'm sure that he keeps that shit in a special place. It just... It wouldn't have surprised me uh, if I had sat there any longer. He probably would have, uh, you know, pulled out his his uh, secret box. Um, but it's a it's a good thing I'm good at bullshitting because I immediately bullshitted my way the fuck out of there. Um, so the this idea of racism, you know, being some outlier in the South is to me just so far from the truth. Um, they are out there. Um, they are, they, sometimes they, they just, they wear it on their sleeves more than others. It's like the South wears a coat of many racisms, you know, all, all kinds accepted as, as long as they're, you know, um, uh, racist and, and white and, and, and not Jewish. So, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen all types. Um, I've even experienced racism directed at me, uh, from a black man and, and I'm not about to do that bullshit, you know, white jack-off thing where people go, oh, uh, the ones that are really racist are the black people, and I've experienced way more racism than they ever have. And and yes, once again, I've heard those words from a white person. Um, and I'm not about to claim anything of the sort because, because I'm not a douchebag, um, and my name isn't Kyle or Chad. Um, but I did have an instance where I knocked on a man's door, uh, to try to sell insurance and he was an older black man, but he told me to go away and that he didn't want a white boy coming around his place. Those, those were the words that he used. Um, 
And now that stung for a second. I mean, I'd be I'd be lying if if it if I didn't feel like if I said I didn't feel some kind of kind of hit when I when it sort of went into my brain if 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 I can I don't know. But um it really did. I it it definitely hit me and and stayed for for just a second, but as I was walking back to my car, um you know, I started processing it all. And I was in a part of Asheville where a white dude with a button-up shirt and a briefcase did look pretty out of place. Now, I didn't feel any fear of where I was, like I wasn't like I, I didn't feel like I wasn't supposed to be there, but I knew that I stood out like a sore thumb. Um, you know, I live in a fairly low-income neighborhood. I have for years. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't feel uncomfortable in those places. I I, I live in a trailer park. So I don't feel uncomfortable uh, in, in places like that. I know what it's like. I know the context of living in a poor neighborhood. I feel for those communities. You know, I want to help where I can, but I just can't, I can't just sell insurance in, uh, in, you know, my normal clothes. I, I can't go sell somebody insurance in a death metal t-shirt. Apparently, it kind of puts people off a little bit. Um, so not sure, but insurance, uh, like insurance people have to look a, a certain way. I, I don't, I don't know why it's, I, I, I can't tell you why I, I haven't been able to figure it out, but insurance people just have to look a certain way. It just, it's kind of, kind of one of those things, but anyway, so yeah, insurance people have to look a, a certain way. Um, but when I walk around, uh, some areas where I can tell no one trusts, uh, a random guy in a suit, um, but that's the thing is at the end, at the same time, uh, it's the only way they're going to let you in their home. It's yeah. So, but I always knew in, in those situations that I do look a certain way and I don't, I don't blame people for being a little weary of me. Um, but I thought, I mean, who, who wouldn't be weary of the guy coming up to your door, knocking on, on the door in a suit, um, out of the blue saying, Hey, uh, you know, you want, you want some insurance. Let's talk about how you're going to die. Um, it's, but I thought about this, I've thought about that one guy in particular, um, and as I, as I processed all of it, even, even looking back on it, I, I have the same, I, I, I have the same thought. Can I really blame that guy for not trusting the white dude in the suit that just, you know, knocked on his door out of the blue, trying to come into his home and collect a bunch of personal information and trying to get money out of him for a piece of paper that says that a company run by a rich white dude is supposed to pay a bunch of money that he'll never see because he'll be dead. I mean, I was in a I was in a part of town that quite possibly could have become that part of town because some rich white people decided that was the best place to section off the people that white people didn't want in their neighborhood. I, I could be wrong about that easily, but it's probably more likely than uh, than than we should uh, be comfortable with. Um, but after all that, after all the bullshit that I've heard spill out of white people's mouths as they claim to not be racist or that they don't see color, um, could I really blame the guy for not trusting the random white dude on his doorstep? After seeing enough white people be so oblivious to the the racism that they help propagate in society and, and the racism that they justify in themselves, can I really feel all that hurt 
that he didn't want me or any other white person coming around? I'm not I'm not saying that some racism accept, is acceptable and other racism isn't. It's just that when a white person doesn't trust trust people of color, it's, it's likely not because of a systematic pattern of abuse that they've been subjected to. Um, you know, more than likely, their distrust and fear of of people of color was probably manufactured and disseminated by racist elites that don't want white people to, or that uh, that want white people to fear the other and and fear the progress of of some communities. You know. But at the time that this happened, it had been, I mean, think about this. At the time that this happened, it had been less than a hundred years since the Tulsa race massacre. And just slightly over 50 years since the Civil Rights Act was signed, not to mention everything else in between. Is that, is that guy's distrust of white people something that was manufactured? Or was it conditioning based on the experiences or the shared experiences of a community. Um, if I had if I had actually gotten to sit down with him and dig deeper into the issue, do you think I would have found his opinions rooted in manufactured propaganda and misinformation, or would it be an an, an, an insulating level of, of distrust after you know after generation of and generation and generation of being given little reason? to trust white people in the long run. I and that's why I've always had an issue with white people hiding behind the, well, black people uh, are the real racists. Because, and, and, and honestly, if, you're, if you've just heard that line for the first time, you know, welcome to the South. Here's a biscuit, pull up a chair. Um, but people like to hide behind that line to justify some of their more problematic opinions. But if you can't understand that some people of color in America might have some issues with white people that, you know, run pretty fucking deep, then you need to take some time and consider all that. I mean, it hasn't been that long since discrimination, segregation, and even the, the exploitation of non-white communities was commonplace. Would you trust a system that has been left fairly well intact from a time before it even remotely offered you any protections under it you know and before anybody jumps on the this guy hates america train because you know there's probably a couple uh let me say that my point here is not that america is is inherently bad uh, or racist i i think we have some problems that we need to address so that we can have a stronger union yes uh, systematic racism, you know, is a real thing that has that has gotten, you know, baked into our institutions and, and our society over a long period of time. And there's nothing wrong with admitting it. Uh, in, in fact, we have to admit that something isn't right before we can begin to fix it. Um, you know, America is a great nation. It, it doesn't need to be made great again because... Great, because again implies repeating parts of our history, and America doesn't have the best history to be going back to. Um, we can only be great by by working towards equal protection and and justice for all Americans, not just the ruling class that created it. And I believe that America can be greater by admitting to its past atrocities. We can, we can make America greater 
by admitting our past and our latent problems so that we can fix them together and and make sure that our future generations can call America a great nation. I don't I don't see what's so wrong with that or what's so radical about that. Apparently, it makes me quite a radical uh ideologue. I don't know if I'm using that word right, but um, I'm gonna take a drink of water. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you I'm gonna keep you on record for this one. Yeah. Killing some time. So a couple of things I want to address before we move on to a, a few other things is um you know, for one, um uh I, I know I don't have uh some of the best technology here. You can probably tell um that it and but that but I I'm not too worried about that because there's no rules anymore. We're just gonna we're just gonna keep on rolling. Um, this is this is just a, this is an outlet that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I I don't care if I've got every single thing set aside to do it. I'm I'm just gonna just gonna do it. And and I I, I once again I I know I've done this already earlier, but. I just want to thank you for uh, continuing to listen to me. If you're listening to this part of the podcast, well then, man, you fucking trooper here, um, getting through it and have yourself a, a, a drink of, of water that, uh, that may or may not be vodka. Just do it. Um, it's not vodka, but I think the next thing I want to move on to is, um, I don't know if you've noticed by the intro, but I really love, uh, metal, um, and, and I don't mean that you're going to hear me be like, I love metal, and then follow that with Five Finger Death Punch is my favorite band. We're not going to have any of that bullshit here. I, I know it's, um, can't think of the word for it, but, um, you know, I, I know it's not right to shit on other people's music. And, and I try not to, for the most part, except for Five Finger Death Punch. That's, um... I, I think that just goes without saying. Um, but uh, anyway, so I wanted to talk about a few new albums that uh, that just recently came out that I one one of which I was extremely excited for. I've been waiting for I've been waiting for months for it to come out. Um, as soon as I heard uh, the first single that they put out, um, I was I was I was all in on it. Um, but uh, band is called Go Ahead and Die. Great name, by the way. Um, but this was uh, this band was actually formed by Max Cavalera of you know Sepultura, Soulfly, uh, Cavalera Conspiracy. I know there's a, there's a few others, um, but I think it's kind of cool because he's uh, he's in this band with his son Igor. Igor, I'm not sure, um, but I think I just think that's really awesome. As a dad, I think it's really just kind of cool that he, he would get to have a band with you know with his son. I I don't know. I I, I think that's awesome. That's like fucking dad goals right there, um, if you ask me. But uh, the new album uh, that they just put out, uh, self-titled, of course, is really phenomenal. Just as good as I thought it would be. Kind of uh, reminds me of, or I, I, I decided I'd describe it as kind of more, it, it's, a, it's a death metal. It's death metal with, uh, but a bit more punk inspired on, on that end of the, of the spectrum. Um it is uh it's very very heavy um and very death metal you got a lot of uh, very death metally riffs um but also uh kind of a kind of a a gritty sort of feel to it like you would like you like a like a punk or 
a little bit sludgy, if that makes any sense. Um, but really, really good stuff. If you have a chance, go check it out. Um, go ahead and die. Um, self-titled album, but really good stuff. Go check that out. Um, and while we're talking about bands, um, I I also have to uh, I have to give a huge shout out to uh, my buddy Josh Jimenez um, in the band Everybody Must Die. Uh, uh, no relation between the two. Go ahead and die, and everybody must die. Everybody just comes up with great band names, I guess. Um, but um, not only uh, are they an amazing band, a uh, really great group. Um, go check them out. Everyone must die um, on Spotify. But uh, Josh actually did the uh, the uh, the artwork uh, for for my for my logo. So huge thanks to him. He did an amazing job on that. I absolutely love that. And he's uh, you know he's put up with me through uh, through this creative process and getting this first episode out. And uh, so I just gotta I gotta thank him and also give a give a plug to Everyone Must Die. Great group. If you are into um, real that 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 real heavy death that uh, I, I don't use all of the all the terms I kind of I, I tech death and blah 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 and you know I, I don't I don't know all the terms as well but I just kind of describe it how I hear it um, but anyway these guys uh, really good stuff heavy as hell um, chunky death metal um, vein of like black dahlia murder um, with um, I'm kind of at a loss for for coming up with uh, with some bands at the moment that are kind of like them that they're in uh, they remind there's there, there's the one Suicide Silence uh, really reminds me of um, of some um, the first few albums Suicide Silence and I just I love that sound and there's not enough bands out there willing to stick with that sound even Suicide Silence wasn't quite willing to stick with that sound but that's that's a whole different story. Um, everything they've done, but I, I did like their last album as well. Uh, I felt like they kind of uh, returned to form on that one. But uh, the next album I want to talk about um, is by a Brazilian band. Once again, you know, I know Max Cavalera is uh, out of Brazil, but this band is 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 a, is an interesting beast. Uh, they just recently came out with their debut album. Um, come to think of it i can't think of the name of the album at the moment uh but i'm gonna look that up right now but uh the band's name is crypta and it is an all-female uh brazilian death metal band um well they're from they're 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 all brazilian it's not like brazilian death metal um it's just death metal coming from brazil but anyway so they I was very surprised to hear them. I, I love hearing uh, women in metal. Um, Angela Gossow is one of my favorite vocalists of all time, Arch Enemy. I know she's not their vocalist anymore. Uh, Alyssa White is their current vocal. I think Glues, Gluz, I don't know. But anyway, Alyssa White is their, is their current singer and, and was handpicked by uh, Angela Gossow, and I think that's just amazing. Uh, and she's doing a really great job as well. But I just, I love hearing women in metal, um showing kind of especially when they show everybody else how to do it uh so the new album is called echoes of the soul um by crypta c-r-y-p-t-a um very very dedicated um uh, death metal very dedicated it reminds me uh most of like malevolent creation 
um, that kind of just hard driving, very, very heavy, very technical um, without, um, without getting there, there's, there's almost zero, like, you know, that power metal influence that sometimes gets in there. It is, it is a, uh, a very, uh, straight death metal sound that, um, one, you know, once again, you don't hear as much of that anymore, um, uh, out of a, out of a new band, but those are the two, those are the two newest albums that I'm, um, that I've, have been on my radar that I just absolutely loved as soon as I heard them. I was, um, I heard a couple of songs from Crypta and, and I was, I was like, let me hear this album. And, and the album is just phenomenal all the way through. I've, I've listened to, um, I've listened to that one a few times. Uh, there's, uh, one album that I'm keeping a, a track of that I hope to talk about. There's a, there's a band that I never heard of them before, but all of a sudden I started hearing a bunch of them. I have, uh, I got a subscription to Sirius XM uh, a little while back, and I know that sounds like a like a dumb thing. It kind of is, but I I've I've gotten tired of some of the just music services. Just in the you know, I I like listening to albums, but I do also like putting things on shuffle from time to time. But I don't know. I just the all the playlists that we were getting just kept having the same songs out of most of these services. So I just I had gotten a free subscription to Sirius XM uh, when when we got our car, so I tried it out and you know it was okay. And then they wanted to after a while they wanted to charge me like twenty bucks a month for it, and I said no, fuck that. And then they said, okay, well, hang on a second. Um, what if we give it to you for twelve dollars a month? And I said no, fuck that. And then they said, okay, what about nine dollars a month? And I said no, fuck that. And then they said, okay, what about six dollars a month? And I was like, okay, that'll do, that'll do. Um, so yeah, if, if you're, um, if you're looking at getting Sirius XM or, or something like that, just, you know, they'll give you the trial period. And then when the trial period's over, just tell them you're really not that interested in it. And then just keep telling them you're not that interested in it. And they'll just cut the price down for it. It's pretty great. Um, but they, um, but they've started talking about, um, you know, I've, I've, since I've been listening to their metal station, They'll talk about new bands, and a lot of it I'm I'm not the biggest fan of, but um, there's there's some really good bands out there now. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm not really a music I'm not I'm not like snooty about my music. I just don't like like that whiny kind of radio stuff. I just if if you're if it's amazing the number of bands out there that still sound like Disturbed if that makes any sense. Like I, nothing against Disturbed, but it's that like radio friendly metal that I just I'm not the biggest fan of and there's there is a lot of that out there and liquid metal takes the time to, to play some of that but they do play um some real nice deep cuts I, I I do have to give them credit on that um but um so one band that they started talking about a little more was slaughter to prevail and they are a they're a um I think it's called uh death core um, band out of Russia, and the singer just has this absolutely demonic guttural roar. It's pretty awesome uh, that they that they can that he can actually produce live. I've heard a few of their uh, live recordings, and it's impressive. Uh, but their their style very very reminiscent of um, oh the faceless. That's what it is. The faceless uh, that that real very technical. Um, you know, super fast, super fast, super fast blast beats and, and, uh, that, that general metal core or death core kind of style. Um, 
But they are, uh, they have been teasing this new album for fucking months now. Uh, they've finally put out a second new track from it, but, you know, who, I don't know when the, when the actual album's coming out. I, I hope it's soon. I would like to hear it. I've just heard, I've been hearing so much hype over it. I'm almost, um, I'm almost kind of pissed off that they won't just release the damn thing already. Uh, but that's not the band's fault. That's, you know, I'm just bitching because I feel like bitching. We're near the end of the, the podcast. We've gotten a good ways through this thing together. And, and I, I think that's awesome. I was able to, you know, talk about all of my, all of my stuff and, and, um, uh, talk about some new albums and everything with you guys. So I guess I, I also need to thank, uh, the other, some other people out there. Um, I got to thank, uh, my buddy, Daniel Payne. I actually, no, I'm sorry. Alfred Payne. I grew up with him as Daniel Payne, uh, but he goes by Alfred Payne now. So I want to go ahead and acknowledge that, but he has been, uh, doing an amazing job. Uh, behind the scenes, um, just kind of um, letting me, letting me bullshit with him and and um, shoot ideas off of him and really just get kind of kind of a a, a second ear on everything. Uh, he'll be he'll be listening to this before anybody else. Uh, so hats off to you, buddy. Uh, thank you uh, for helping out with that. And um, and he's gonna continue. I'll give him. A, he's a producer. He can now call himself a producer because this show has been produced and he helped produce it. So, uh, producer, uh, Alfred Daniel Payne. I don't know if he switched the Daniel to the... Anyway, Alfred Payne. Anyway, uh, another thank you to Josh Jimenez uh, for doing the artwork. Uh, Thank you so much, buddy. Did a great job on that. I absolutely love it. Nailed it. Seriously. Um, I also... um, Anybody... Anybody who um, who has helped me out with this podcast, if I'm forgetting, I mean, it's it's been a. I definitely have to thank my wife uh, for letting me run things by her. I know I annoy her sometimes because I t- I talk too much. Hence the podcast. Um, it's a really great way for me to get some of that stuff out uh, without having to annoy my wife with it, who puts up with me so well. Um, but um, this has been great. I I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, and I'm ho- I'm gonna try to do this uh, once a week. Um, I think I've got everything kind of set up to be able to do this once a week, but who knows? Uh, after after 2020, um, <laughs> there's, there's no there's no telling anything. Uh, there's no predicting anything anymore. So um, I mean, I mean, everything with 2020 was bullshit, and then 2021 started off with a fucking bang. Um, things are going, they're going. And, um, I guess I'll, I guess I'll leave you with this, uh, this, this last thought that, um, I think everybody, everybody, I think we need to all keep it in mind as we move forward, um, with the new times that are, that have come upon us now. But I, I'm going to be late and at many points in the podcast, I'm going to be referring to 2020 as though it's still going on because, I would make the case that we are far from done with 2020. 2020 has been a real fucking asshole. And you see, it's not that it was just one year. Obviously, and January 6th kind of showed, no, definitely not slowing down anytime soon. It's just going to get crazier. Um, Because I realized that 2020 is not just a year. Do you realize that for the next nine years... When we say what year it is, we're going to start by saying 2020. Last year was 2020. This year is just 2021. 
and next year will be 2022, and the year after that, 2023. And and I, I don't want to go on anymore because it just depresses me too much by the time I get to three that I just, I cannot do four. Um, so buckle in. We're in for probably a very interesting time. Um, I mean, shit, last year we had a virus, sandstorms, uh, fires, and 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 uh an election and all that shit and then january and then and in 2021 we had the january 6th the uh, fires are burning out there the ocean caught on fire um there's still that virus thingy um there's still that election thingy I, it's just it's it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon so let's all be careful let's all humble ourselves a bit and not treat 2020 like it's in the rearview mirror cuz Obviously, we have a little more time to go before things kind of calm down, if they ever do. But who knows? We're going to see what happens. And and I'm sure we'll get through it. So now that I've left you with that um, kind of utterly depressing thought, you know, we had a few highs and lows. I'm going to end it on that low point. And at that, I'll show myself out. Ah, awesome. Ah, that's good vodka. Mmm. Fuck yeah!